it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Danny Neal, you know why you're here. How do you think your seasons have gone? Uh, Brilliantly, Charles. Cracking, Charles. Best season yet for me. It's been your only season, Neil. Still, yeah, good point. Any regrets? No, nothing uh, at all. No, nope. nothing. No, nothing at all. Really? Okay. How about suggesting Bruce Forsyth was still alive? Failing to find Alistair Slow? Mispronouncing youth players' names, perhaps? Annoying every single member of Twitter, and not to mention predicting Sam Hoskins would reach double figures. Silence is golden, lads. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid your futures lie elsewhere. That's harsh, Charles, harsh. Still, at least I've got an afternoon of positive Twitter messages from fans who want to wish me all the best to look forward to, so heavy cloud. Charles, you're an idiot. Who's going to come in and replace us? Who who could you get? I can think of what, maybe, oh, Jefferson, I love wrestling Lake, or Dave Benson Phillips, or... Theresa May, who are you going to legitimately going to get to replace us, huh? Good point. Sod it. One year deal for each of you. Brain again, and he's got it. Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not after three. Yeah! Hello Cobblers fans, welcome to another episode of Cobblers Chat. I'm Charles. 
Well, there we have it. A season that promised so much but delivered so little is finally over. It's League Two for another year for the men, while it's congratulations to the ladies for their title win. Neil and Danny are here with me to dissect a result that leaves the fans asking, why couldn't they have played like that all year? And of course, we've got the retained list. This is It's All Cobblers to Me. We start this week with a screamer and a hammering. Exchange of passing in at the post and Oldham open the scoring. And here is the chance for Sam Hoskins oh. to hit one out. What a goal by Sam Hoskins! The ball bounced at the edge of the box and he puts his foot through it. And the, even some of the home supporters are, are clapping that one, I think. Sam Hoskins taking chance. it. Headed goal for Aaron Pierre! Daniel Powell comes forward looking to get a shot away. Oh, wrong putting the goalkeeper, puts it into the goal, and it's a goal, a 3-1 for the Cobblers. Sam Foley has a chance to get into the box now, and here is Andy Williams, 4-1, the Cobblers. Oldham will take it, direct on goal, hits the bar, put it to the back of the net, and Oldham have a second goal. Joe Powell still with possession here, he's done very, very well, finding Sean McWilliams, who picks out... Uh, Junior Marias for the Cobblers, who scores! And indeed, there is the full-time whistle. Northampton Town ends their League Two season with a 5-2 victory over Oldham Athletic at Boundary Park. Were either of you expecting that result? Uh, yes, yes, I was, Charles. Um, I, know, I know I predicted a nil-nil on the podcast, but actually, in my head... I'd predicted a 5-2 away victory, so I fully expected it and put money on it and I'm now a very rich man. Oh, is that why you're sponsoring the podcast this week? It is, yet yeah, sponsored by myself. Cool, good. Is that why your mum made an appearance as well? <laughs> it is, yep, yeah, she's after some money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Danny, what about you? Were you expecting us to go out there and, and absolutely trounce an Oldham side that also had nothing to play for? No, not really. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but I'd forgotten we were playing up until about two o'clock on Saturday. Um, so no, not really. I wasn't expecting much because I wasn't expecting a game, Charles. <laughs> do, do you think that that result, we, we can take anything from that result going into next season? Do you think there's any of it that we can sort of go, well, that looks promising come August? No, I can't. I don't really read into this type of game too much, really, the, the last game of the season. You can sometimes get funny results, don't you, with... No bags of goals or whatever, and by the time August comes, you forget all about it. I think there's not a lot to take from it against an Alden team who were clearly on the beach on their lilos eating crumpets, weren't they? Yes, the the well known beach snack. Yep, yeah, sipping their pina coladas in their speedos. All right, Danny, calm down. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I want to talk about one incident during this game, which we'll come on to. Uh I know the one you mean. I was going to ask you about this, Neil. You know, obviously there was quite a big moment uh, in the match and, and that was when BDK decided to move Sam Foley into a more combative role. Yeah. And made a nice, the game. Made a nice little tactical change, didn't he? Swapped him around with uh, young Pollock. And I think from, from that point forward, we had a, a stranglehold on the game, shall we say. Um, and then there was a few few nice goals scored. Uh, Andy Williams with a brace, a couple of good finishes. Junior Marias, probably with the goal of the game. 
Aaron Pierre's header off a brilliant cross from uh, young Sam Hoskins. Uh, and then uh, a goal by Sam Hoskins as well, which was a little bit lucky, but it was uh, a nice goal. <laughs> I've decided to never, ever give Sam Hoskins a lot of praise anymore. Uh, just, a, just a gentle nod and a doff of my cap for a good finish. <laughs> it was a good goal, though, wasn't it, Danny? I'm sure you want to... Uh... It, was, uh, it was spectacular, wasn't it? Um, another one in his uh, personal goal of the year, goal of the season candidates is creating his own uh, trophy I think this year the Sam Hoskins goal of the year competition and what a what a strike I don't even need to embellish this one do I straight into the top corner I think the only question that I've got is whether it was a volley like the official NTFC Twitter account stated it was I would argue that possibly not uh, it wasn't a volley it was more of a half volley wasn't it I think if you're going to be pedantic about it and you know me I like to be pedantic so um, half folly, half folly. I'm saying, ruddy good strike though. Thronker, mm. I think, is the word. Thronker. How Absolute many uh, thunderwhack? How many goals, Charles? Do you think uh, Sam Hoskins has got on his personal goal of the season list? I'd, I'd say there's well, there's there's now at least two. I would have thought at least. Yeah, you said three in the last take. Yeah, I did, didn't I? But we all established that I was wrong. <laughs> Good. Just wanted to get that in. Good. <laughs> but no, he's obviously had uh, the goal of the season that he was awarded by the, the football club um, at the end of season awards do, which was the, the backheel flick at Tranmere. Um, and then he's had this weekend's goal against, uh, against Oldham as well, hasn't he? So Goal! I can't think of any others, though. No. Well, he's not scored many, has he? No, six, isn't it, Danny? Uh, seven, I think you find Charles. Oh, seven. seven in competitions. Lad. There's not much else to say about the Oldham game, really, is there? It was a, a dead rubber. It's a good result, good way to sign off the season. But when all said and done, a meaningless match. Nice to win. Nice to score five goals. Probably good for the fans that went. Um, they were on the beach. Including David Buchanan, I believe, in the away end, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Um, a couple of minutes after we kicked off, David Buchanan came and uh, took his seat with the rest of the away fans behind the goal. Uh, got a nice round of applause and a chant, um, to which he, he what said was the thank chant? you. Oh, you know, just the normal Bu Bu Buchanan. That was it. Oh. Um, yeah, there wasn't anything special made up. You know, there was no like, oh. goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my <laughs> goodbye, my friend. You have goodbye. been the one. You have been the one for me. No, there was none of that. So, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there was none of that. Um, uh, what I found funny, in a way, was how literally that that one one round of that chant happened, and then immediately it was turned into the John Joe Tool song. Um, but it turns out John Joe had gone to the pub instead. He had, yeah, I think I saw John Joe had been to KFC uh, and then he'd been to the pub, had a few games of pool uh, with a couple of Cobblers fans and looks like it had a, a thoroughly nice day out up in Oldham. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice enough. The sun was beating down and it was freezing cold and you still needed a coat. But yeah, you can't really complain as, a, as an end of season game that had nothing running on it. And I believe, uh, Charles, you were saying uh, before we started recording that you were a bit of a celebrity up there, weren't you, Charles? I had a lot of people coming up and saying hello, saying uh, that the podcast was uh, a thoroughly enjoyable thing, which was very nice to meet our listeners. Did you um, did you have any milkshakes thrown on you, Charles? No, there was no milkshake. I'd left that all in Warrington. 
If I'd have been there, Charles, I would have thrown a milkshake at you. I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all cobblers to me. Postman, Neil, Postman, Neil, Postman, Neil. It's black and white cat. Postbag time. So this week we asked for everybody's three-word season review. Uh, first up from uh, podcast's biggest fan is Gary from Twitter. Curl saved us. That's good. We've got one here from Mike Fuller. Uh, Should have gone hunting. Like that one. Nice. Uh, Man at CNA uh, says we go again. Channeling Rob Page. Matt Nickel, who is some kind of clairvoyant, said what I expected. Mm. Um, Ian Thompson, um, fairly simple, average, average, average. Uh, then we've got Mark Josiah said, love a draw. We did, we, we did this did. season, yep. We did, we did, did love, love a draw. draw, yeah, you're right. We've got uh, Mr. Stato, Marvo, who says, wasted, missed opportunity, which I, I wholeheartedly agree with. I think so, especially around about that time where the... Uh, the run of games that saw us nearly get to the playoffs was ended by Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, Rob Spokes on Facebook, uh, not enough passion. Mm. And uh, Sheila Jones followed that up with a big disappointment. Daniel Morgan carried on the theme with waste of time. I mean, it's it's like they've all slept with you, isn't it, Neil? Daniel (laughs) Pierce. That's some of the best feedback I'd have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Daniel Pierce uh, said die ah bollocle um, we're, no, we're only letting that doesn't in because count. it pretty much some, st- just sums up the feeling though doesn't it it might not be three words but- I'm not having that it doesn't count uh, moving on Nigel Cole uh, was dipping into his Harry boat uh, because he said a mixed bag Colin Davis has channeled the age old football saying of a funny old game and uh, Stuart Bailey has uh, clearly realised that he's not been nervous at all for any reason this season, as uh, he said, I have fingernails. Good. Mm. We've got one from uh, Susan Egerton. I don't know if anybody knows Susan um, here. Uh, she says, Hi, Mum! <laughs> <laughs> she says, topsy-turvy season. P.S. Neil, did you pack your lunch today? Fair, fair comment. Uh, no, it's a bank holiday today. Uh, so was unrequired. Also, she supports Oldham, so I don't know why she's piping up on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Neil's mum, Neil's mum, Neil's mum. Uh, Chris Baldwin. Neil's mum, Neil's mum. Chris Baldwin, one to forget. Uh, certainly was. Uh, Paul Evans, inconsistent, inconsistent. Can you guess what the next one is? Uh, consistent. No, 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 you're wrong. He was consistent. He went with inconsistent. Ah, well, there you go. Uh, Stuart White said, glad it's over. Keeley Townsend, must do better. Channeling uh, your school report, Charles. Mark Collier went with building a foundation, which I think will be BDK's favourite one. Nice. He likes that. I think uh, Brian Vincent said, poor at best. So that was a bit harsh, but... I think average Mm -hmm. at best is probably more relevant, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? So Derek Rusling uh, says, "Please wear claret." So not sure. Mm. Not sure if Derek had had a few drinks, but then went before posting that. Obviously, didn't like the away kit this season. Who did? Uh, Watford fans. Uh, Mark Kennedy, Steve Wharton, and Leighton Bobby Cousins all said too many draws. Mm. Fair. Uh, Craig Marshall said, "Maybe next year." Maybe, maybe. 
We say that every year. Martin Draycott says, new players, please. Uh, Peter Carey, pass and move. It's the Liverpool groove. <laughs> <laughs> don't remember many passes and moves uh, this season. No. Kevin no. Van Veen to Andy Williams in the last minute against Forest Green. Yeah. He passed uh-huh. and, and then he moved to Scunthorpe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen Smith uh, repeated another one, which we've already had, I think, could do better. Again, delving into our school reports. Yep. Uh, Martin Law, mid-table obscurity, which is a clear fact, isn't it? Nigel Felton, um, nearly good enough. Yeah. Uh, Simon Miller said a wasted season. Yep, agreed. David Sharman, it got better, which it did just about, didn't it, gradually? Uh, and then we got Barbara Lee with if, if, if. It seems I'm the only one that's getting the uh, the three-word, you know, repeated ones here. So we could trust you with, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to sound like the top 40 character, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Next five. up, Robert Suster with short changed most weeks. That's beautiful. <laughs> Sue Allen Northover started, failed, finished. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll get rid of that. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed that. Daz Chalmers said clear out needed. Well, we'll be coming on to that in a moment. Ben Rigdon, my old friend, my old mucker from Twitter. Ben Rigdon said, let's go hunting, which was uh, awful. I, I think he's hunting for you, Danny. I he's in he your is. bush outside at the minute. <laughs> he's oh, deep no. in your bush, Danny. I hope he's not found that purple dildo. <laughs> it was a carrot, child. Uh, carrots, we've got sorry. Nigel Masters. <laughs> Players didn't care. Ooh. Daniel Lee. Oh, I love the fact that it's got me to do this one. <laughs> uh, Daniel Lee Sabaluskas. Uh, load of frauds, he said. Talking about the Cardozers. We've got the man from the end credits of every movie you've ever seen, Guy Voice. Uh, who says, bad, better, safe. Nice, nice. In mm. fact, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, we've got Joe Judkins, same old shh. Uh, Dale Freeman, roll on August. Yeah, yeah, roll on August. Phil the Power Taylor says, could be better. Andy Johnson, too much tinkering. And ro- finally, uh, Robert Smith, not enough effort. No, he didn't. he didn't put enough effort into that, did he? No, I don't. Is that the guy from The Cure? I, I was wondering that. I mean, we've had we've had a quite a few famous people, haven't we? There, a couple of sportsmen, a couple of a uh, couple of uh, uh, musicians as well. Yep, we have. Uh, so that's it from this week's post bag. Uh, I'm not sure what our next podcast will be out, or whether there'll be even a post bag question. But send us your thoughts, abuse specifically towards Danny, please, Ben Rigdon, please keep it up. Uh, that's it. Thanks for your input. I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all cobblers to me. So the rumours have been flying around for weeks, with fans speculating on who was in Keith Curl's plans and who was not. But on Monday, possibly the most eagerly anticipated retained list of recent cobblers history was announced. Arguably, the biggest news is that David Buchanan has been released, and Ash Taylor has been transfer listed with Daniel Powell offered a new contract, and John Joe O'Toole considering an extension that was apparently already part of his previous deal. So what's your immediate reaction to the list then, Danny? Um, I think it's as expected, isn't it, really? Um, the thing that struck me, the first thing that strikes me was uh, the John Joe O'Toole thing, because um, it's not something that's been publicised, has it, or been spoken about, and you kind of get the feeling, would it have, should it have been 
mentioned before, like when he was running up and down the touchline and people were expecting him to come to, to come on for farewell. Um, should have been mentioned um, as part of you know what Keith Cole's been saying over the past few weeks. Just it just feels like a lot of people have been I mean, one person on Twitter in particular has been waiting on this news for quite a long time, and I feel I feel like it was a bit odd that there's been something in there all along that's that's that he can trigger and get an extension if he wants one. Um, whether we'll take that up or not is a different story, but it probably explains a little bit um, why. Yeah, why he didn't come on. It happened before, didn't it? Didn't it happen with David Buchanan? It did, I think. Yeah, oh, that was wasn't that when? So it was when Jimmy Floyd was here. So it would have been November 2017, I think, round about then. Didn't it just got announced all of a sudden that David Buchanan had sort of signed or taken up the option of a one-year extension to his contract? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just sort of came out. It came out of the blue almost, didn't it? And everyone kind of went, "Oh, okay then." Yeah, I just thought it was a bit weird that that um, he's had this thing in his in his contract and it's not been it's not been mentioned and stuff. Um, I think it's a pretty pretty good good indication that we're, we're probably not that keen on him on keeping him. Um, and I'd, I'd I'd also suggest he's probably not that keen on staying. Otherwise, he'd have just done it there and it would have already been agreed and signed and stuff wouldn't it and the fact it's not and he's considering it then suggests to me that he's perhaps looking elsewhere see what else he can get and he'll he'll keep that as a backup until the last minute when he has to make a decision it does explain Keith Cole's thinking a bit um during that game that home game that people were calling for him to come on and it kind of gives him a bit of um bit of a backup as to why he didn't bring him on because um it's technically is not decided, or is not there's not a future decided as we thought there might have been. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, I think the way that the way that the actual um, wording of the news article on the website says a lot. I think so. It says Daniel Powell has been offered new terms, while John Joe O'Toole has an option arising from his existing contract, and the club are awaiting the player's decision. I mean, that to me makes it sound as though. It, it's kind of like, well, the offer's there, but we don't necessarily expect him to take it. It's completely up to him whether he does or not. We're sort of, you know, either he does or he doesn't. That, that doesn't sound to me almost as if there's any kind of, you know, we're hopeful or we want him to stay and, you know, agree to, you know, activate that clause. It's just a very straight down the, the line statement isn't it that we just wait to hear what yeah. his decision is you would think yeah, there's no mutual love isn't there yeah you would think if he was wanted then that would say and the club are hopeful that yeah he will let us know in the next couple of days or whatever well i don't think he is wanted is he i think they're, they're the club are keen for him to move on um and are probably frustrated he's got that clause in his contract um and I suspect he probably wants to move on as well, but equally, you know, he'll have to consider his financial situation, I guess, and whether he can get a deal somewhere else that is on similar similar money um, and that suits him and his stage of his career and stuff. It'll be interesting, won't it? Hmm. So obviously we've got the, um, the list of players who have been released today. Um, we've got the likes of um, Dean Bowditch, Jack Bridge, Luke Coddington, Shay Facey, Sam Foley, James Goff, and Joe Inchifano. Um, but obviously the big name there is 
David Buchanan. He's been at the club for, you know, four seasons. He played 106 games in a row for us, um, has been our captain and vice captain during the um, League Two championship winning season. I mean, as much as I personally think it probably is time for him to move on, I think I've said that before about maybe it's time that we we kind of ended that era and, and brought in a, you know, a fresh one. Um I'm still sad to see him go in a way. He, he's he's brought a lot to the club, I think, and and I, I think he definitely deserves the, you know, the, the send off that that he deserves, the thank yous and the goodbyes. Yeah, um, I think it's the right time for him to move on and to look for a new club. Um, I, I do struggle a little bit with the loving that Cobblers players have been getting on Twitter throughout the day as it's been announced gradually is I think a couple of the players announced their own departure, didn't they? Um, before it was officially announced and I've struggled a little bit reading that because all season we've heard, you know, the, the squad's not good enough. The players aren't good enough. So-and-so is rubbish. So-and-so needs to move on, etc. And then when it happens suddenly, Oh, I cannot believe Buchanan's leaving. What is the club doing? It's ridiculous and stuff. And I just think, you know, it is the right time for him. And he's been a great servant to the club, hasn't he? As, as a, uh, and he's never really let us down as such, but I just think the time is right for him to to for look for a new club, and we probably need someone with a bit more attacking ability as a wing as a left back or a wing back. Um, the style of play we're going to be playing. There, there's no room for sentimentality in football, is there? That that that's the simple fact, isn't there? There's none. No, you, 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 there's not at all. Of course there's not. It's the same with, with John Joe. John Joe gave us a great couple of seasons. You know, it's not been so great, you know, this season or, or last season, but he gave us a great couple of seasons and stuff, but he's, he's a little bit of a passenger now, isn't he? And is he going to get back to his best? Probably not really. He's, he's the wrong side of 30 now, isn't he? And that's probably time for him to move on as well. And obviously you don't forget the, the great, promotion season champion season they gave us but yeah it's time to move on and the club needs to move on a little bit from that as well Danny what what do you think do you think that's fair enough yeah I think all of this is is fair enough the whole list I think um I pretty much agree with um on the Buchanan O'Toole things I think I think Neil's right I think you're spot on it's it's about it's about to you you don't want to stay too long and and kind of get held against you you've got two players there that have been part of one of the best sides we've had for for many many years and that should never be forgotten for the first for the first thing any player who played in that team shouldn't be shouldn't be forgotten shouldn't be swept aside and sort of leave on a negative and on a negative feeling um so i think that that's what creates some of the some of the some of the sadness around today but i think to me to me i'm not devastated that buchanan's going and I think there's in terms of playing things as better. I think we'll miss his community stuff. There's a lot of stuff in the community. He seems to be a good character to do that kind of thing. But I think I think you're right, Charles. There's no particular room for sentiment in in the way we're, we're moving on and the way Keith Cole wants to wants to mould his squad. And if if you're not getting on with the manager, you're not. And which which is the feeling that I get from it. Um, then you should you should go on and, and kind of finish your career somewhere else. I think. And you know when he comes back, he'll probably be given a pretty decent reception. Was there anyone, Neil, on, on that list that you were surprised about at all? No. Um, if anything, there wasn't enough on it for me. Um, 
Which is difficult. Well, you've seen the state of the toilet. Um, <laughs> I wasn't surprised by any of them um, at all, actually. Uh, the, the only the only one I was slight, the only decision today that I was, I, I probably have a question was was the the contract offer for Daniel Powell. Um, I'm, mainly on the basis for how long has he been in now? Two years and. For the majority of those two years, he's done nothing for us, and he's just looked frustrating. Uh, the odd good game here or there, but it's not been consistent enough. The last, you know, the last month or so, he's been a bit better. But the, the cynic in me says, "Well, you know, he's playing for a new contract, and it's worked." <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. It, it's a difficult one. There is, a, there is a thought, I guess, that when he's been played a bit more direct and down the middle, he has been a bit more effective. Um, so maybe there's something in it. And also, I guess we don't know what terms have actually been offered. It, it might be a case that we've offered, uh, you know, quite largely reduced terms. And if we get to keep him, then then fine. We're happy keeping him as a squad player. But, you know, if he, if he chooses to, to kind of turn it down, then we're not that fussed. Who knows what the thought process is. So I know a few people have questioned Sam Foley, um, which I could kind of understand because he's, he's not a player that's necessarily let us down. Um, and, he, and he is certainly the sort of player that when you watch him, he looks like he's given his all. Um, and you could never really, I don't think you could ever really question Sam Foley's commitment. I think he's always, he's always tried his hardest. It looked like he's tried his hardest and stuff. I just think he's a bit of a relatively bang average League Two footballer. And, and I think if we're looking for a, to be a progressive sort of attacking dynamic football team and looking to try and make, you know, the, the, the top seven, would Sam Foley be in the starting eleven? For, for me, probably not. I don't think so. I think that's also the right decision. The other notable name on that list, and I think for a lot of fans, uh, have said that he's not really had the chance this season or at all at this club whatsoever. Um, you can take your pick between which of the two players that that actually describes, but I'm going to go with young Joe Inchfano first. Um, clearly. The club have taken their time with him, sent him out on loan many times and, and ultimately have decided that he's not quite up to the standard that we need him to be at. Um, yeah, I can't really comment much on, on young Joe. Um, I haven't seen him play at all, I don't think. Um, everybody's clearly scored goals in in the, the lower leagues and non-league where he's been. Um, there's, there's been quite a few calls to bring him back and, and give him a tryout at this level, so he's never really had a, a chance at this level. Um, but like you said, clearly, clearly Keith's... Um, seen enough of him to say, you know, time's not now. Um, and time will tell whether he's a Steve Morrison or if he's a Courtney Herbert, won't it? I think one of the key things for me almost is that there's now only going to be potentially one player left at the club who was purchased in the January transfer window when we were in League One under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, and that's Jordan Turnbull. Especially if Joe Bunny does leave, which I'm pretty... I, I think Obviously we can, he will yeah, do, yeah, exactly. We can say he probably will do. Um, but Jack Bridge was another one of those being released and Shea Facey as well. So there, there's the other two. And obviously we've already lost Richard O'Donnell. Um, that was at the start of this season that he left and um, Kevin Van Veen who left in January. So that's that's basically all but one of those players that Jeremy Floyd Hasselbank brought in January over a year ago that are no longer at the club. And they were brought into the club to keep us in League One, uh, which ultimately they, of course, failed. I think it, for me, 
speaks wonders. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, Shea Face is an interesting one, isn't it? Because first first few games he played for it, he, he, he looked a real fine. You know, I thought he looked brilliant. And then sort of since after that first month, he's just been, he's basically been the right-sided Ashley Corker, hasn't he? Hmm. He's been atrocious. I don't know what's happened. Whether it's, it's uh, who knows? Jose headphones now. Yeah, it might, maybe it is. Maybe it's the Gucci wash bag. Um, hmm. But it, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously he's been at Man City and stuff, and then he's dropped down to our level. And whether his heart's really in it anymore, it must be difficult, I guess. But I think that's probably going to be him. I, 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 yeah, I mean, he's right. He's not been good enough for us, but it's just a shame for him personally, I guess. Um, and with Jack Bridge as well, I think Jack Bridge was potentially a little bit unlucky because he never got played in his. Well, he got played in that one game, didn't he? In his right position, uh, it was against Carlisle, wasn't it? Where he he, he had a blinder, um, and then he's never really been played there again. So there must be a bit more to it, I guess. Um, and you don't know what sort of wages these these guys are on. So yeah. that is the other thing with it, isn't it? Because especially those players that had come in in that January transfer window. Um, you know, you're, you're pretty much having to throw money at players to get them to sign, especially with the position that we were in the league at that time. Um, you know, that's that's how we got those players to come in. So Jack Bridge, he was Dean Austin's man, really, wasn't he? He brought him from Southend. He'd, he'd had him in the youth team there. And, you know, maybe it was just Dean Austin being at the club that, that enticed Jack to us. But for the other players, like Joe Bunny, maybe even Jordan Turnbull, um, you know, those players, they came because we threw money at them um, and said, come on, here's, here's all of this. Shea Facey, the same thing. He won't have come to Man City, from Man City on peanuts, will he? So I think there is obviously an element of cost-cutting here as well, which I, I don't think is anything that is surprising. Oh, no, it's... It's obviously going to happen, isn't it? That's what I don't. The, the, the key in all of this is, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's going to be an element of cost cutting. Um, I think the club have already said that, and they've, but they've already said the, you know, the what's it called? The budget will be the equivalent of what it was when we got promoted from this league last time, uh, which is obviously more than acceptable. Um, we had some good players back then. On they must have been on half decent money. Um, and the key in all of this is going to be who who comes in to replace these these guys that are leaving, isn't it? And I was just thinking then about the Jack Bridge situation. He's what an attacking midfielder, you know, plays that could play just off the striker and stuff. And if you know, if you believe the rumours, we're about to sign Matty Warburton this week from Stockport, who is an attacking midfielder, stroke striker, and I suspect he'd probably cost less in terms of wages than Jack Bridge would be on, and. You know, you could argue he's done more in his career, albeit at a lower level, than Jack Bridge has. So if you take a look at the players that we've actually got contracted at the club at the moment, there aren't really that many. Um, we're we're going to sort of discount the youth teamers that we know have signed their first professional contracts. Um, and, and that includes the likes of uh, Scott Pollock and, and Jay Williams, who are probably going to be in and around the first team next season. Um but we've essentially got David Cornell, Sam Hoskins, Danny will be pleased with that, Sean McWilliams, Junior Marias, Aaron Pierre, Jordan Turnbull, and Andy Williams. That's seven players. Now, okay, fine. 
add the, was it five youth teamers that have signed contracts? So, you know, that takes us up to 12. You're only just filling out a starting 11 at that point. So there is going to be a lot of players coming in over the summer, isn't there? Going to be a fun summer. What you should also mention, Charles, I guess, is that those seven uh, contracted, core contracted players that we've got left, I don't think all of them are going to be here next season either because um, BDK, didn't he, said today in, in the statement that was released with the retained list that, you know, after the conversations with those seven, some of them may may choose to move on, um, which is reading between the lines is, look, yeah, you've got a contract, but you're not in my plans. So, and, I, and I'd imagine that's definitely going to be Andy Williams and Junior Marias. I don't think he, he wants to keep either of those. And I'd, I'd suggest potentially Jordan Turnbull would be another one of those. And you'd expect Aaron Pierre probably to move on as well. Um, so that's that's another four probably that we're probably going to lose. I mean, I, I just wonder whether... I, I can see what you're saying about Andy Williams. Um, you know, there, there's rumours that there was a bit of a falling out between him and uh, BDK at some point in this season. Um, he certainly seems to, whenever he scores want to make a point of the fact that he scored. I don't know whether either of you have noticed that, but I, I, I tend to sort of look at his reaction in his goal-scoring celebrations. And once he's kind of, you know, kissed his wedding ring and stuff, after that, it's it's very much a kind of, you know, see, I am scoring goals and, and, and making a point of, I can do a job here um, kind of thing. I'm not done yet, maybe, is what he's trying to say. Um but I, I don't think that, for me, I, I'm not sure about Marias. I think he's probably been unlucky. I don't know whether, I certainly wouldn't be looking to move him on, personally. Every time, he's got, I think, was it you, Danny, who, who showed us that there's there's a stat of his goals to minutes played ratio is, is one of the best in the in the all four divisions? It's it's something like that, isn't it? It's going around Twitter, isn't it? Is the amount of time he's been on the pitch to, to how many goals he's scored? Um, and I, I'd keep Marais as well. Um, I would um, I'd hold on to him, get him pre season under his belt, and and uh, hopefully he kicks on with less injuries next season. And if he does, then I think it'd be still quite dangerous for us. Um, at this level, um, yeah, I think I get the Marais argument from both of you. It, it, it would be under the proviso, though, Neil, that he does burn any Peterborough United training tops he might have. Well, this is what I was about to say. Uh, uh, I can kind of see the argument that why people would think it's worth keeping him and stuff. But Danny, you, you saw him at the gym earlier today and he was wearing a, a, a Peterborough training top. So not sure if we can um, mention that. I mean, we have and we are. So uh, um, for me, Junior Marias is dead to me now. So um, yeah, right, move him on. Get him out. Send him to Barnet. <laughs> on that... Um... On that bit of that, um, Carl was saying um, about the contract two players. I think to me that says more. They've had a conversation and he's given them the option now of kicking on the preseason, and it's how they come back and how they react to that and react to what he's saying and react to his management style and and all that kind of thing. And some people will come back all guns blazing, and some will react in a completely different way. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be. Um, one to watch over the summer, isn't there? And everything, it's just going to be completely the opposite of last year where nothing happened. It seems like there's going to be something happening every week. That's... I think we'll we'll definitely lose 
Williams and or Marias. I think they'll both definitely leave. And if you know, with with Warburton signing, um, that's a striker already. Um, the rumoured Jabo Ibiri signing, that's another striker. Um, is it though? Is it new? It's another, <laughs> another supposed striker. Three. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you, and from that, you're thinking, you know, big man, little man partnership. Um, don't forget, of course, you've got I, Sam I Hoskins still at the club. <laughs> yep. Yep. Another possible striker. Um, it's, I mean, Sam Hoskins could be the only championship winning player left. He could be, couldn't all. he? Who'd, who'd have called that one at the time? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's it's in for a big summer of change, isn't it? And it's needed. It's definitely needed. I don't. Uh, it, there's no there's no way we could have continued with a, the similar squad. Um, and in hindsight, it, you know, this probably should have happened last year, um, last summer, shouldn't it? When we, although we appointed Dean Austin, and there was some continuity, and we were going to try and go for it with the players we already had. We still had Matt Crooks and Kevin Van Veen and stuff, but their hearts were never really in it, and. Yeah, you know, the makeup of the squad was never brilliant, was it? So the difference last year was always that a lot of them were still in contract, and we had to keep them in in some ways. I think Dean Austin was quite well liked, and he wanted to keep everything together and and kind of bring everyone through together. But and I was a bit of a fan of that at first, and I thought it might work, but it clearly didn't. No, no, I think it'll be the key in all of it is the replacements, right? And there's there's definitely some concern about that people have mentioned on Twitter where it's a cost cutting exercise, and we're just gonna. You know, we're just going to replace them with, you know, the youth team and non-league players and we'll have a really poor team next year and stuff. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's, yes, there's an element of cost-cutting going on, which is entirely natural because we know that we had people on big wages that we couldn't sustain. So there's going to be an element of adjusting that. Also, there's an element that we know the squad we've had this year doesn't suit Keith Curl and his style of play and doesn't suit the formation he wants to play. He said numerous times that you know a lot of these players can't even do the basics right, and they they can't even pass it to each other. And how many times have we watched and they've they've passed it off the pitch, or you know they've or Ash Taylor's just lumped it five hundred yards in the air or whatever and stuff. So I think there's a there's a whole change coming, I think, which is a good a good positive thing. And BDK's had levelled at him about his style and stuff this season. I think the the real the real time to judge him is is next season. You know, once he's got his own squad, his own, and he can put his own style on them, and he can really judge him then. And if it's still, you know, dire football and stuff, then we can argue that point. But I think for now, we've just got to trust a little bit that he knows what he's doing, and he's made a good start, in my opinion. He's he's been pretty ruthless. He's he's shown no sentiment to anybody, which is the perfect thing to do, and he's making tough decisions. The one thing that I don't want to see happen is at the start of the season, we have a slow start, like like we, we historically tend to do, especially over the last few seasons. Um, and then, you know, people calling for, for Curl to be sacked. It, it, you know, at the end of the day, I think you're completely right, Neil. Now is definitely needed to have a clear out and a complete change. But that also means that that we've got to allow time for the manager to not only get those players in that he wants, but also to then bed them in as well. There's no point in allowing him to have the summer to, to get all of his transfers in, to change the team completely, and then 
somewhere between five and ten games, turn around and say, no, get out. You're done. You're sacked. Get a new manager in. Yeah. Because the cycle just starts again. Yeah, I think stick. we've got to stick with it, right? And Keith, as, as a long, as probably borders at times by saying laying the foundations, you know, we're on a journey. You know, it's all about the jigsaw pieces and all that sort of stuff. But actually, he's looked at it relatively pragmatically, hasn't he? And he's realised this is quite a big job. You know, I'm not going to suddenly be able to turn these players into world beaters or anything. So it's bit by bit and it's sort of, you know, pillar by pillar, as he likes to say, and all that sort of stuff. So we've, we've how many times, like you say, Charles, do we, it's just cycles, isn't it? We go round and round and round and round. And I don't want that. And uh, there's definitely some criticism leveled at BDK for never having won a promotion. Um, he's been close. He's he's made the playoffs a couple of times, hasn't he? And unfortunately missed out. Um, and I guess that is a concern. That said, you know, the clubs he's managed and stuff, he, when he went to Carlisle, they were in dire straits and he turned them round, didn't he? And did a good job there. Um, so I think we've just got to back him a little bit and who's to say that it won't work for him with us? I also think, Danny, and I want to ask you this on, on the basis of, you know, it, it's not just about the owners of the club backing the manager, is it? it? It's the fans as well. We've got to be the ones now who who decide that actually we're going to accept uh, that there's going to be a period of transition, um, that we're not necessarily going to come out all guns blazing at the start of August and go on a five or six game winning run um, with a brand new squad. We've got to show a bit of patience as well, haven't we? Uh, we do. We do have to show um, a lot of patience at the start of the season. I think if it gets to kind of the end of September and nothing's improving and nothing's gelling together, then we will start asking questions because he won't have that crutch to fall on anymore that it's not his players. Um, but I think he knows that well enough. Um, and I think he's now he's looking for the right characters that um, matches his style. And then obviously his style's a unique one. It's not one that a lot of players are going to relate to or, or respond to. Um, and he's now got the summer to bring in the type of players that will respond to that. And I think part of part of what he's been saying over the last couple of weeks is that he wants to meet these players at least twice, put any players he brings in face-to-face and have a chat to them so he can look deeply into their eyes probably and sort of see what type of character they've got in them, which I think is good. Um, I think for us, it, it might not be the best players in the world that are coming in because they might not respond to how Cole manages. And I think we've got to... We've got to understand that he's going to bring in the type of players that he wants that, that are going to respond to his style of management um, and that eventually, hopefully, will come good earlier, hopefully rather than later. But like I say, we have got to show that little bit of patience in the first couple of months. I think that's which a, is going to be difficult. That's a really good point, Danny, about Keith, sorry, BDK, saying he wants to meet the players and stuff because the only other manager that's done that in recent times is Chris Wilder. None of the other managers did that. Uh, so Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Rob Page, Dean Austin, whoever else we've had. Um, whoever, whoever signed Alistair. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't meet the players and didn't, you know, and that was one thing that Chris Wilder and Alan Neil did. They, you know, they'd meet the player, find out a bit about the, the character of that player, a um, bit about their background, that sort of thing and stuff, and, and really do their homework on him. And it's good that BDK is going to do that as well, because I think that's important. Right, it's you know, it's like with the the Marvin Sordell signing, which which was a complete and a wet fish, wasn't it, or damp squib, whatever the saying is, um, wet, wet fish, fish. And like dry as fish. opposed to the dry fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we, obviously, you know, they'd never met him, and it 
it just happened, you know, oh, this person's available. Yep, sign him, get him down, and he arrives, you know, 10 minutes before, you know, deadline or whatever and stuff. So it's good that they're going to do their homework. And I think that's, you've got to trust in that a little bit. And yeah, you're right. Absolutely right, Charles. We should absolutely be accepting of the fact that this is a bit of a turnover of players. It's probably going to take a little bit of time. Um, that said, you know, once we've lost the first five, I'll be the one calling for Keith Curl to get sacked. So is there anything else that you want to add about this retain list? Anybody there that you actually do feel has been, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe you don't think that they deserve to be at the club or anyone that you're actually pleased to see potentially going? Yes. Yes, there is. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to say that. But I, 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 you know, we've got, yeah. we've got to let you actually talk about it, I think, Neil. Bye, um, Ash. <laughs> Bye. We, we just—I mean, the fact this transfer list. I think we need to just make sure that we're promoting him for any potential new clubs who are listening to this podcast. You know, all those all those managers that listen to us. Um, and what an amazing player he's been! Player of the year in 2018. Right, um, right solid as a rock. Long range efforts, just. Vincent Company esque. He has, he has great um, sense of direction yeah. of a football, especially when it's in the air. Yep. Yeah, fantastic positioning, perfect control. Yeah. His form has never no. ever dipped. It's never dipped. No, no, it's never dipped. I I was thinking actually, we we could perhaps just start tweeting Gary Neville daily, um, just pictures of Ash Taylor. <laughs> is that is that a newspaper? <laughs> Gary, yes. Neville, the Gary Neville daily. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> There is one other thing I wanted to pick up on as well. I'm glad Ash is going and good riddance. But as long um, as he does actually find a place to go, Neil, this is the problem, <laughs> isn't it? It'll be awkward if he turns well, up. Yeah, we'll come to that. But, um, but I'm glad he's on the list. I'm glad it's realised because, yeah, I, I as a footballer, I despise the bloke. I'm sure he's a lovely fella. He's got nice hair. Great I'm hair, sure he's a great, great guy. As a, fo- as a footballer, he's a – no, he's not for me. Um, but there was one other thing I wanted to pick up on. You, you know, we mentioned earlier about Matty Warburton signing for us. Mm. So I had a little look at the Stockport County message board earlier today, and they don't like Northampton. Or Market Harbour, I think you were saying. <laughs> they, they don't They and don't the, like isn't, Northampton. Isn't Northampton Town specifically, yeah. It's, it's the area, isn't it? You were it's, saying. The, it's the whole area. that The Stockport fans <laughs> seem to have a very dim view. I think one of them said, well, Northampton's a really horrible place to live in. So I imagine when Matty signs for them, he'll he'll end up living in Market Harbour. But the problem with that is he'll probably get robbed by pikeys, um, which was interesting because I actually thought Market Harbour is quite a nice little market town. They also said that we, that you can either choose to live in Northampton, which is a horrible place to live, or one of the villages surrounding the area. However, there's no shops and no pubs in those villages, and there's only a bus every hour. So it's like being well, in... An extraordinary th- knowledge of Northampton and its bus, gen- bus journeys, isn't it? The, the, one of the I'm terms used was, it's like Hicksville. I mean, you're, you're from Harpole uh, there, Neil. Yep. What? What's, what say you? Well, I can tell you now, Charles, we've got three pubs. We've got a shop, a post office, another couple of little shops. We've got a regular bus service. We're right close to the M1. Got a lovely playing field, tennis courts, got a school. And obviously I live here, which helps devalue some of that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought it was interesting because, forgive me, Stockport's not, a very nice area, is it? Charles, you're from up that way. 
I've been to Stockport a couple of times. A good friend of mine is from there. He doesn't live there anymore. And I think that says everything you need to know. Um, but I, I have been there. I mean, it's got some decent pubs and it's got a hat museum. I, I, I don't really know what else there. To me, and I, I don't want to diss Stockport here at all, but I don't see the difference between Stockport and Northampton other than how close it is to Manchester. That's the only difference. That's the only thing I can think of. Um and I think they obviously are used to all living maybe where there's it's busy. It's you know there's a lot like almost like in a in a busy town or or like Manchester, a, a large city, and they just seem to think that Northampton and Northamptonshire is just in the middle of nowhere, um, with you know that we've only just got electricity. I'm sorry, have they have they seen the lift tower? They clearly haven't seen well, the lift tower, Danny. Have they ever seen a Christmas tree on top of a lift tower? No, they can't have done. There we go. There we go. It was, go away, so if anyone Stockport. wants to have a look, go onto the Stockport message board. The, the uh, I think the, the forum or the, the 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 thread title is Matty Warburton to Northampton, which they all they all seem keen to point out that it's a done deal, uh, and they're all discussing how much we're going to be paying him, which is interesting. So I don't know how they all know that. Um, and there's a lot of abuse for Northampton and Northamptonshire as a whole. Um, I think um, we need to take revenge in the only way we can. And that's by doing a swap deal with Ash Taylor. Let, yes, yes. Let's send Ash Taylor to Stockport. Perfect. It'll get it'll get lost on the way. It'll end up in Cheadle or something. <laughs> and that's the end of this week's podcast thank you very much for listening as usual next week we are back and we've got a review of the season and our very own podcast awards to hand out so keep an eye out on twitter and on facebook and we'll be putting up a couple of awards for you to actually vote in and to decide who wins in the inaugural podcast awards it's going to be good isn't it I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm going to be wearing my suit. I've got my suit ready. I've got my birthday suit ready. Uh, and I'll be doing <laughs> the awards show naked. Uh, but for now, that's it from us. Thank you very much for joining us, as always. We'll see you next week. But for now, we're all off to sign our brand new contracts. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Ash. See you, Ash. Bye, Ash. See ya. See you later, Ash. Goodbye. Oh, oh, that ball just smacked me on the head. It's finally come down. See you, Ash. See you, mate. Bye. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.